Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Where do you find the good, the bad, and the ugly? That can be a problem as well, but we're midway through the NFL season, which means there's plenty of good, bad, and ugly to go around. And don't steal mine, okay? It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Thanks so much for joining us as we morph from a Monday, a manic Monday, into a Tuesday, wrapping up with Week 9 at MetLife Stadium. And yes, Aaron Rodgers was there. He was wearing a headset. At times, he was nodding his head in disgust. Uh Uh-huh. He was hugging Zach Wilson. He was telling Derwin James that he needs a few more weeks. Is this just him staying relevant? Giving the peeps something to talk about? Or is it real? You know what's real? That Chargers defense and how it wreaked havoc and only allowed two field goals to the Jets as they fall to four and four. It's After Hours on our Facebook page or on Twitter, After Hours CBS. That's where you can find our latest Monday MVP poll if you want to be a straggler and vote now. Or, of course, you can send the good, the bad, the ugly. At the midway point, we'll get to those coming up. But we are pleased to welcome Dan Leberfeld, fresh off a trip, a Monday night at MetLife Stadium, covers the Jets for Jets Confidential Magazine. And let's start with where the Jets are right now. They're at 500. We're at the midway point. So how would you describe where they are right now in the season? Well, clearly they have a top-shelf defense. Uh, That's quite apparent. Since the Dallas game where their defense struggled and CeeDee Lamb uh, really dominated them and Dak Prescott, they've really come together on defense, and their defense has kept them in all the games since then. But their offense is starting to become a big problem now. Uh, it's been a long time uh, since they've had a wide receiver touchdown pass. Uh, they had a touchdown pass, uh, you know, to Brees Hall. It was a one-yard pass that he took 49 yards a few weeks ago. But the, the receivers are not getting in the end zone. They've got a lot of work to do offensively. They can't waste this 4-4 four and four start uh, with their offense dragging them down the way they are. What can they do at this point, though, with the trade deadline passed? What changes or adjustments can they make? Well, they have Trevor Simeon on the practice squad. And I'm not putting Trevor Simeon in Canton, but he's won games. He had a good season in Denver a few years ago. All they need is somebody to manage the game and get them in the end zone a little more. Zach Wilson, uh, 
people say, well, he was sacked eight times tonight, and he's not getting a lot of help. That's true. The offensive line could play better. The offensive line does have a lot of injuries. But two things can be true at the same time. He might not have the best supporting cast as far as pass protection, but he's also not seeing the field very well. He's holding the ball too long. His internal clock in his head has got to speed up. So if I were the Jets, uh, if they don't trust Tim Boyle to go in uh, to a game that Zach Wilson is struggling, make Trevor Simeon the backup. And, and if they're losing to the Raiders next week out in Las Vegas and the defense is playing well again, the offense is not doing their part, put Trevor Simeon in the game, change it up a little bit. So that's what I would do. I wouldn't bench Zach Wilson immediately, but I would, I would call up Trevor Simeon and have him in the bullpen active on game day, ready to go in if there's another game like we saw tonight where the offense just is not producing. Is there any indication at all that they are considering a change at quarterback? No, I don't see any. Uh, you know, sometimes when you, when you pick a player this high in the draft, confirmation bias sets in. It happens in all sports where you, you, you just keep chasing your decision because you want it to be right. So I think there's a little confirmation bias going on with Zach Wilson. And there's other things going on, like we just brought up, where the offensive line isn't great. Maybe there's a few drops here and there. And that can give the decision-makers – the out, the alibi to say, you know what, it's not all his fault, let's stay with him. But like I said, I think the problem is twofold. Yes, the line is struggling, but Zach Wilson, on plays when the line is fine, he's not going through his progressions very smoothly, and he's not getting the rid of the ball fast enough. So I think both things can exist at the same time, but I think they're they're not ready to make that move yet. Dan Leberfeld is with us after Monday Night Football and a game in which the Jets managed just six points. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Dan, Aaron Rodgers on the field. You took a photo of him on the field with Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. What realistically is the plan for Aaron Rodgers moving forward through the rest of this year? Well, I'll say this. I've seen him now leave the locker room. You've been there. You know, you wait after the game, the 20 minutes to half hour before they let you in the locker room for interviews. So you see players come out, especially players that were inactive. So for the third straight game waiting outside the locker room, I saw Aaron Rodgers, you know, leave the locker room. And this is the first time I saw him where he wasn't limping. You know, he was limping the previous two times I saw him leave the Jets locker room. This game, he wasn't limping. So clearly there is progress. I think the realistic goal would be the playoffs. That's why they can't blow. Being, you know, 4-4 four four is not perfect, but you, you're still in the hunt if you're the Jets. So don't waste it. And that means make a quarterback change if you have to, just to stay afloat, stay in the wild card hunt, because I think the realistic goal for Aaron Rodgers would be the playoffs. I don't think it would be late in the season. I think it would be the playoffs, which would be – in the middle of January when the wild card round starts. So I think they've got to figure out a way to get into the playoffs, and then maybe there's a chance he can come back. Some things have been blown out of proportion, like that first game when he was throwing the ball around, the Chiefs game. I thought that whole thing was blown way out of proportion. I mean, let's be honest. Fathers and grandfathers toss the ball 
uh, your grandmother's and, and grandson <laughs> tossed the ball, short tosses in the parking lot before games. The fact that you can stand stationary and throw a ball, you know, a, a 10 yards or whatever to Sauce Gardner, I think that's who he was having to catch with. Once again, it doesn't mean anything. It's can he you put weight on it. He's not going to be a scrambler when he comes back, but he's got to be able to move back there. Can he move to get out of harm's way? Can he plant you know, his leg on the Achilles, all that stuff? That, that toss after the Chiefs game, well, before the Chiefs game, meant absolutely nothing. <laughs> if there's a Trevor Simeon in there knowing personnel or behind that offensive line, why would it be better? Remember last year when um, the Arizona Cardinals started Colt McCoy in a few games and they won yes. those games? That's what I'm. That's kind of what I'm talking about. It's not that the guy's a great quarterback, but he's you know he's a smart guy. He's a Northwestern graduate. Uh, he knows what he's doing out there. He's not the most physically gifted guy. They just need someone to manage the game mm. and and get them a. Uh, a, a few more points on the board than they're getting now. Their pass rush this is the best pass rush I've seen from the Jets in a really long time. Uh, and they were Justin Herbert threw for 136 yards uh, tonight. He had a 65 quarterback rating. I mean, Justin Herbert really struggled, and that pass rush had a lot to do with it. I think an underrated reason why the Jets uh, came up short in this game, and, and no one's going to talk about it, is I think they made a mistake on their offensive line. A lot of these teams will tell you, we're going to start our best five. So they moved Max Mitchell from right tackle to right guard, and they started Billy Turner at right tackle. Uh, and it just didn't work out. Like, I don't understand, Amy, the concept of the best five. What if the guy's not a guard? Right. Like, <laughs> is that – like, Max Mitchell never played guard before, and Billy Turner, you know, a lot of older – linemen lose weight to take the stress off their their ligaments and tendons billy turner is a great guy and he's a good player but he must be 290 pounds now he's listed 310 he looks like a tight end when you see him in the locker room the reason i bring that up is he was one of the guys that the charges were really dominating tonight in terms of the pass rush so i thought the jets made a strategic error going with we're going to start our five best linemen because that right side of that line, new starters tonight, it, it really was not a – it didn't work out very well for the Jets. And we know the Chargers have guys who are determined to pass rush and can get into the backfield. Uh, we're spending a few minutes with Dan Leberfeld of Jets Confidential Magazine. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. There have been whispers of – frustration in the locker room among the players. You're not going to hear from the coaches, of course, but any indication that there are guys who are maybe themselves thinking they'd be better off with someone else behind the center. You know, it's funny you say that because I was saying to someone and and there's been a few locker rooms after the game that I felt this way. It's like the only way this locker room is going to be worthwhile after this game is if you uh, give the players uh, truth serum and say, okay, what happened tonight? And they say, well, our passing game is terrible, or something like that, <laughs> meaning that meaning that you're not the problem in these post games. And I don't blame the players. You don't want to throw your teammates under the bus, but they can't really say what they want to say. It's all, it's, so it's going to be like, you know, there's a lot of blame to go around, and we all got to play better and all that. Garrett Wilson last year, 
was frustrated. Garrett Wilson this year is frustrated. Garrett Wilson's a very smart guy, and he's not going to say anything terrible as far as ripping anybody. But he's smart. He gives he sends out smoke signals, if you will. He gives you messages. <laughs> and and Garrett Wilson, you're going to see some quotes from him tomorrow where he's not necessarily throwing anyone under the bus, but he's kind of if you read the tea leaves, saying this has to change. So I think there are players in there that realize that change is necessary. They just can't come out and say it. But if you read through the lines, you get the sense that's where they're coming from. Are you surprised that they are at 4-4, four and four, given that they lost Aaron Rodgers? They're even treading water? Yeah, I think one of the reasons is, let's be honest, Amy, the league is down this year. You know, it's uh, there's not enough top-shelf quarterbacks. There's, there's, there's a lot of bad teams in the NFL this year. True. I think that's helped them. You know, when they beat the Giants and they beat Denver, I was saying, you know, the, the, the biggest reasons they won those games is because Joe Douglas, who's done a great job as GM, I know the Zach Wilson pick, you know, hasn't worked out that well, but a lot of good GMs with the quarterback because it's so hard to project whether the college guys can do it on the NFL level. But when you look at the roster, the Jets are loaded. The Jets have so much talent in the secondary, on the D-line, you know, but skill positions, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson. They have so much talent. So to me, when they beat Denver, they beat the Giants, I called them roster wins. They beat them because they had, from 1 to 53, they had more talent. It wasn't even about the quarterback. These games where they, they won with all field goals, it's just it's a formula that helped them get to 4-4 four and four in a bad league. But as you saw tonight, it's not sustainable. You can't win by kicking four or five field goals every week. You've got to get in the end zone a little more. So uh, it is pretty amazing they're four and four, considering how many times they have to settle for field goals, how many times they bog down in the red zone. The Jets have the Bills and Dolphins on the schedule before the end of November. So that could be a bit of a reality check, even though the Bills are one of those teams that are down this season and not playing as well. You know, it's funny you say that. I was in the press box and something came on the scoreboard. It said, next home game, Jets-Dolphins at MetLife Stadium. And I, and I said, I think, to two different people, I go, do you think this offensive formula the Jets currently have is going to work against the Dolphins as far as keeping up with Tua and Tyreek on the scoreboard? I mean, think about that. That's kind of what you were getting at with, you know, Buffalo-Miami coming up. You know, I don't know if, if this formula offensively you know, of kind of taking the ball out of the quarterback's hand and, you know, when you're in the red zone, you know, set up for field goals because you don't want to take any chances. Not sure that's going to work against Miami and Buffalo as far as keeping up with the Joneses on the scoreboard. I know it's not fair at this point, really, to project into the future. But if the Jets miss the playoffs, with all these young pieces, how many changes would you expect in the offseason? Well, it all depends. You know, if Aaron Rodgers is cleared, you know, maybe if it's not for the playoffs or if they don't make the playoffs, if he's, they feel he's going to be the guy next year. We all know he's got a seat at the table when it comes to uh, personnel moves. So that's something you always got to consider as far as changes. I mean, I, I don't see a ton of changes. I think, you know, they felt they had a contender this year with Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. under center. I guess the big question is, why would you, if you went out and traded all that draft capital and then paid Aaron Rodgers, you know, that reworked deal, and he gave some money back, but it's still a lot of money, because you wanted to replace Zach Wilson to take the next step, <laughs> why would you have Zach Wilson as the primary backup? 
I think that's the question that a lot of people have asked and will continue to ask. If you didn't have faith in him to be the guy this year, why would you have faith in him to be the emergency quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers this season? I mean, I was surprised they kept him last offseason. I was expecting him to, to get the boot anyway. Yeah, I think that goes back to the confirmation bias. They don't want to give up on the dream. Uh, so they figured let him sit behind Aaron Wilson, Aaron Rodgers for a year and learn. But like they say, one snap away. So if you truly wanted to have a red shirt year for Zach Wilson and let him learn, go out and get a Trevor Simeon or whatever in the summer and say, this veteran is going to be the backup. We are taking a step back with Zach this year to fix his mechanics, to fix his footwork, to fix his decision-making. He is not going to be one snap away if we truly want to fix those things. Man, so many questions. They don't really have answers. Uh, you can find Dan Leberfeld on Twitter at Jets Whispers. He's the publisher of Jets Confidential Magazine, JetsConfidential.com. It's always good to catch up with you. Thank you so much for a couple of minutes. Anytime, Amy. Have a good night. Okay, I'm done talking about the Jets. To wait until Dan was gone. <laughs> Feels like a lot of time talking about the Jets. Maybe the only, well, there's a couple teams that are in more dire straits than the Jets, but in the East, the only team that's in worse shape at quarterback would be the Giants, who share the same stadium. Gosh, injuries become a major issue and they definitely are changing what we've seen from the offensive side of the football in the first half. Speaking of that good, bad, ugly, where do you see it? How do you see it? We're not calling anyone ugly, at least not publicly. I'm offended. (laughs) No one said you're ugly. So on Twitter, A-Law Radio, or on our Facebook page, we're asking you for the good, the bad, the ugly. Some of your answers already coming in. Our phone number, 855-212-4227. That's 855-212-4CBS. We'll give you some updates from the Monday injury fallout. And that's really uh, always the downside of football is the Monday injury reports. And if we... If we were to, it's hard, right? Because football's a violent sport. It's a physical sport where injuries happen. And they can be freak injuries like Daniel Jones. They can be injuries because of contact. Uh, we see a lot of quarterback rules that are designed to try to keep the QBs on the field. And yet still they're getting hurt. But if you water down the game anymore with the rules, it continues to tilt that playing field and takes the the skills and the, the abilities away from the defense, right? So you're neutralizing the defense with some of these rules. So I don't think there should be more rules designed to prevent skill or to protect skill players or prevent injuries to skill players. But I do know that this is the NFL's biggest fear is losing the number of starting quarterbacks that we've seen out in the first half. And as Dan pointed out, it's starting to create this major disparity between the haves and the have-nots. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. It's a touchdown Tuesday on After Hours. Firing for the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Touchdown. Takes it himself to the power. Touchdown. 
One man to beat ten. He's gone. They throw the end zone. Touch. Touchdown. Hey, the guy missed. He's inside the five. He's to the three to one. Tom steps center zoning into the end zone. Touchdown. To cast your vote for the TD of the week, head to at After Hours CBS on Twitter or give us a call at 855-212-4227. The Philadelphia Eagles. First and 10, they're at the Cowboys 29. Hurts back again. He steps up. He's looking. He is going deep. And it is caught. It is caught down the far side of the field. It is Devontae Smith for a touchdown. That's Skinny Batman. And the Eagles take the lead. That's Skinny Batman. The Kansas City Chiefs. Second and seven for the Dolphins at the Kansas City 30. Chiefs lead 14 to nothing. They'll throw it in the near side. Tyreek Hill hit right in the stomach. Fumbles the ball. Picked up by Kansas City. Tyreek Hill with the catch and a fumble recovery. Up the sideline. Here comes Mike. It's it. Brian Cook. 10, 5, touchdown. Kansas City. Mike Edwards hit Tyreek Hill right in the stomach. The ball came out and Brian Cook would not let the play in. The Minnesota Vikings. Jackson in motion to the right. 11th play of a 69-yard possession. Dobbs back to pass on third down. He stays in the pocket. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Brandon Powell, the former Falcon, has beaten the Atlanta Falcons with a six-yard touchdown pass from Josh Dobbs. 30-28 Minnesota with 20 seconds to go. The Houston Texans. Stroud in the gun, empty backfield after motion. First down to the Bucks, 15. 10 seconds to go. CJ gets the snap. CJ looking, throwing to the end zone. Yes! Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Yes! The lead. Yes! Excel with the reception. Rock and roll. My goodness. You know, a few weeks ago you said, Houston, we have a quarterback. That was a few years ago, but yes. You know, a few years ago. I thought you said a few weeks ago. Uh, that is the defining moment of the welcome to Houston, C.J. Stroud. That is the moment right there. What are the chances that C.J. Stroud is the NFL Offensive Player of the Week, or I guess it's the AFC Offensive Player of the Week? I'm thinking the chances are relatively high. Man, really cool collection of touchdowns to choose from, although I kind of feel like Jay made an example of poor Merrill Reese. 
You could have picked any other touchdown, but you decided to go with Merrill Reese and the Philadelphia Eagles. The guy can barely get the words out. And then you cut the call short. I know trying to protect him a little bit. But Merrill and Mike Reese, Mike Reese, oh gosh. Merrill Reese and Mike Quick, like they're a married couple or something, uh, on the Eagles radio network with the Devontae Smith touchdown, which was a sweet move and a perfect throw from Jalen Hurts. Also in there, the Minnesota Vikings, Paul Allen on Vikings radio with Josh Dobbs and the Vikings stunning the Falcons. 22 seconds to go, and he finds Brandon Powell for the six-yard touchdown. And remember, Josh Dobbs did not practice even one time, didn't take one rep with the Vikings offense, barely knew the playbook. In fact, Kevin O'Connell is in his ear the entire time. And yet he goes out there aggressive and fearless. And he decides he's going to be a leader and he's going to go big or go home. And as it turns out, the Vikings extend their win streak to four in a row. And we'll give you the latest on the Vikings quarterback situation and Josh Dobbs uh, coming up on CBS Sports Radio. It's Mark Vandermeer on Houston uh, Texans radio as C.J. Stroud engineers a comeback with six seconds to go. A a drive that took all of 40 seconds. Man, what in the world were the Buccaneers doing on defense? It was almost as though they were playing prevent defense and prevented nothing, which is generally how it happens. And finally, the Chiefs. It was against their old pal Tyreek Hill. A forced fumble by Trent McDuffie. Mike Edwards. Scoops it up, runs four yards, laterals to Brian Cook, who then high steps down the sidelines. That was sweet. (laughs) That was the assessment of one Patrick Mahomes, but it's Mitch Holtis on Chiefs radio. Hmm. That was one heck of a moment in Germany, in Frankfurt. I don't know. I, I might have to vote for the Chiefs, but how do I not vote for Josh Dobbs and the Vikings or for C.J. Stroud? By the way, if you had C.J. Stroud in fantasy, he had more than 40 points. 40, which is a good thing that I started him because one of my other receivers had zero points, as in no. Michael Thomas, not targeted, not getting any love or looks his way, though the Saints did win. And according to... Mike, that's all he cares about. And I I truly do believe that. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio. So you now have multiple reasons to head to our show Twitter or our Facebook page. Numero uno, we still have the Monday MVP poll that is ongoing. Numero dos, now you can vote for the TD of the week. Numero tres, you can let us know the good, the bad, the ugly at this point in the NFL season. This comes from an Atlanta Falcons fan, clearly. The good, any Falcons opponent. The bad, Falcons head coach Arthur Smith. The ugly, Falcons in the red zone. (laughs) That was one answer on Twitter. So, again, clearly a frustrated Falcons fan. Ooh, I like the alliteration. Frustrated Falcons fan. On Facebook... I do love it when people answer, but don't tell us if it's the good, the bad, or the ugly. Also, you know what I've discovered on our Facebook page? Apparently, the filters that I have set up to hide inappropriate language, so people who use swear words, you'll find out that your post does not land on our page. It gets hidden automatically. Apparently, ugly 
triggers the filters for Facebook, which is funny because I thought it was just for inappropriate language. But what I was saying to you earlier about how these days you can't use the word ugly, you can't call anyone ugly because it's politically incorrect, I think that's the formula to which Facebook subscribes. Because I'm not kidding, I, I couldn't figure out why it showed that we had 17 responses already on our Facebook page, and I could only f- see three of them. So I went to the hidden comments, and every single one that includes the ugly was hidden. <gasps> that's it. Facebook's trying to censor us. <laughs> wow, that's really because, sensitive. Yeah, because you're not allowed to call people or things ugly, apparently. I mean, I was like kind of kidding before, but I guess you really can't do that chant no, it's anymore. True. You wow. can't. Let's see. Tom, the good is the Lions, the bad is the Patriots, the ugly, of course, is the officiating, because there are many people who constantly want to blame everything on the officials. Uh, let's see. Shane says the ugly is same old Dak Prescott. Can't beat good teams, can't win big games. Yes, because the quarterback is just out there all by himself. Do you love that? Uh, Sandy says the Niners, Purdy doing well, then it all went to hell with three losses. Really? Did it? They're still tied for first place. I don't think that it all went to hell yet. We're only midway through the season. And then here's her her reason why. Are you ready? They got too cocky and nonchalant. That's why they lost three in a row. (laughs) All right. Mark says the Patriots, but he doesn't say if it's the good, the bad, or the ugly. Uh, Rob on Facebook, good is CJ Stroud. That is true. Jeff says the bad is Bryce Young. Uh, let's see. Christopher is just, he's going off the beaten path. He says, hopefully the Patriots can play better. So he doesn't really have a good, bad, ugly. He just wants to do his own thing. This is one of the reasons I don't take a lot of phone calls because regardless of what you're asking people, they just tell you whatever they want. (laughs) Doesn't matter whether or not it is in line or answers the question or is on topic. Nah, people just want to call and hear themselves talk a lot of times, or in this case, Christopher just wants a place where he can express himself. So thankful that you chose our Facebook page for that. I really can't control that. (laughs) Brett on Facebook, the good AFC North, the bad NFC South. Uh, Let's see. Wayne, as a Cowboys fan, it pains me to say the Eagles are the good. The Panthers are the bad. The Cardinals are the ugly. Other than that win over my Cowboys. (laughs) Uh, Matt, the Detroit Lions are good. The Bryce Young experience is going bad. The New York Giants are ugly. Michael says the 49ers started off good. Things got bad and downright ugly. But they've been a second half of the year team. So we'll see whether or not they can figure it out on both sides. Uh, David calls the Jets win ugly and bad. The Jets win. Ugly and bad. Maybe he means maybe he doesn't realize the Jets lost they, on Monday night. Didn't, didn't win. That became irrelevant. The only thing that mattered was the fact that the Jets were playing. The Jets win. I'm going to assume he means the Jets lost. Bad and last ugly. Last week's win, maybe because that was pretty ugly. It, well, yeah, they don't win pretty. That's for sure. <laughs> Victor has figured out a way to get around the Facebook censorship. Are you ready? The good, the Lions. The bad, Lions lost to Seattle. Actually, I would have said the Lions lost to. The Ravens would have been far worse. Uh, then he says the U dash dash Y. <laughs> so it's confirmed. That's what it is. Yeah. My goodness. All right. You guys can keep weighing in on Facebook, though. Beware. You're getting censored. Uh, also on Twitter after our CBS. And then, yes, our phone number. But only if you are 
on point and on topic, 855-212-4227. Mentioned Daniel Jones. We've got the latest on the Giants quarterback room and also news from the Vikings after Josh Dobbs became the darling on the road in Atlanta. I'm telling you, that is one hell of a story. I absolutely adore the way that Josh Dobbs does not care that he's supposed to be limited and that he's not supposed to be a winning quarterback and that he's just keeping the seat warm for other QBs. Screw that. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Hurry back to throw. And it is. Is it lost? Oh, my goodness, it's lost. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. Back from under center. Steps back. Throws the fade. Cooper Cup got it. Touchdown, L.A. Burrow back to throw. Looking, firing deep for Chase in the end zone. Oh, he's yeah. got it. Mahomes fires for the end zone, caught, touchdown, Kansas City. Hand off to Eckler again, no, Herbert keeps it, end zone, touchdown, Chargers. Herbert with his second of the day. Here's the snap, Josh going to keep it himself and run it again inside the five, into the end zone, touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen, nine-yard touchdown run. The Bills respond and then some. It's time for QB News on After Hours. over our quarterbacks it is a national pastime and now that we're through the first half we can take a breather and look where we are check about the number of rookie quarterbacks the number of backup quarterbacks quarterback injuries yeah never a dull moment it's after hours with amy lawrence on cbs sports radio if you missed it i actually posted the entire video on my twitter This comes from the Minnesota Vikings locker room after their rally to win in Atlanta with a quarterback that many of them didn't even know until middle of last week, Josh Dobbs. Let's make sure we let him hear it. our game so special and so great is no matter what the circumstances are, a group of men have a chance to decide. What do I want to do for the guy next to me? Regardless of if you've been here for about 10 minutes or Daniel Hunter and some of you guys that have been here to Harrison Smith, you've been in this locker room a long time and we needed every last guy today. Every last guy. All right. But I want to highlight a couple guys because that felt like the most team win I've ever been a part of. Obviously, one of the guys that he highlights is Josh Dobbs. And if you haven't seen the video, again, check it out on my Twitter, A-Law Radio, because Dobbs is hailed like a hero as he comes into the locker room. The guys are slapping him on the back, and they're yelling at him, and they're giving him props, and it was really cool. So he leads the game-winning drive, but he also was able to rush for a touchdown in there as well, and he was scampering. He was avoiding and eluding pressure. He got in for the two-point conversion, but he's athletic and he's smart and of course that's what stands out so now Josh Dobbs is the starter for the Minnesota Vikings the best thing about what happened yesterday is uh, he can be very confident in this offense with the players and 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 people other people in the huddle with him 
that he can just progress from here and just continue to stack one day at a time and get more and more comfortable with everything we're asking of him and, and uh, you know, we can shape a game plan around what he does best and which are a lot of really good things. So it's going to be exciting for our coaching staff and, and getting to spend a little bit more time with him and uh, him around his teammates, learning everybody's names and making sure, uh, you know, he's ready to go. I want to say it's surprising, but then again, it's not really surprising. Um, once you get to know him and you get to know the person he is and you get to know uh, the preparation that he puts in, uh, the time that he puts in to be prepared, um, it definitely makes sense. So uh, for him to go out there and, and have a game that like he had and uh, contribute and take control like he did, uh, it was awesome to see. He earned instant respect, not just with the Vikings locker room, but around the league. That's true. So Alexander Madison was awesome to see. And the Vikings extend their win streak to now four in a row. As for Dobbs, he had told us that he and Kevin O'Connell were in constant conversation through the headsets because he didn't know the playbook. He was essentially trying to read French and get it translated into Spanish. (laughs) And for that reason, Kevin O'Connell lost his voice. If you could hear the headset, there was a lot going on, a lot of jumbleness. As I'm communicating, he's communicating to me. Uh, we had a lot going on. We had a lot going on. But it's great, obviously, Kevin played quarterback, so he knows what I'm going through. So he's able to communicate effectively, like, hey, like this is where you're, what you're looking at. This is what you have on this side of the page. This is what you have on this side of the page. He's able to you know, talk in lingos that I've come from to be able to simplify it for me. And uh, then from there, obviously, it's just go out and play. But, you know, I thought the communication was awesome. You know, starting with CO, uh, sorry, starting with Chris. I had a past coach named Chris O'Hare, and we called him CO. So not this one, but starting with Chris on the <laughs> sideline, but then with Kevin. And then, um, and then to me on the field, you know, the communication was awesome. And it put me in a position to succeed. Wow. I love that. Talk about teamwork. That's what Kevin O'Connell's referring to in the Vikings locker room. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Other side of the field, it was the Atlanta Falcons at home. Uh, Taylor Heineke with a late interception that couldn't have been at a worst possible time. It gave the, uh, the Vikings a field goal. They had 10 points off turnovers. What do they do at quarterback Arthur Smith? Going into this week, We'll go with Taylor this week and um, you know, kind of reassess after after this week going into the bye. Uh, you know, well, there's always things to, to work on. You know, he's played the last six six quarters and uh, you know we scored 48 points with him back there. Uh, obviously, we want more than that, but it's just that'll be the plan this week. All right, Desmond Ritter still sitting. Taylor Heineke has taken over because that's what he does. He's like a Ryan Fitzpatrick. Only Ryan used to come in with injuries. He, uh, Taylor Heineke, comes in to spell the starters who've been benched. Well, speaking of starters who aren't going to make it through the season, Brian Dayball, New York Giants. We got the uh, MRI back, so he has a torn ACL. Speaking of quarterback Daniel Jones, who just returned to the field after a neck injury and didn't even last an entire half. A torn ACL, surgery is on the horizon. The Giants don't know when that will be. Uh, Darius Slayton digesting the news about Daniel. The first emotion is his devastation. You know, we all work extremely hard to to uh, make the best out of the 17 opportunities we get every year to, to play the game we love. And... Um, having that slip away is not easy for any of us to deal with. 
Andrew Thomas, who's on that offensive line, says it's devastating. One of my good friends, it sucks to hear news like that. The Giants now have to go with either Tommy DeVito, who's a local New Jersey guy, or Matt Barkley, who's taken no snaps for them. And, oh, the Dallas Cowboys defense is waiting. Yikes. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Some QB news. Kyler Murray, speaking of torn ACLs. Is he starting week 10 for the Cardinals? If the week goes well, he'll start. All right. Thank you for all the info. Definitely could never accuse Jonathan Gannon of TMI because he's not going to give you anything. But the reports are that Kyler Murray will, in fact, start for the Cardinals in week 10. And, you know, not a... Not a terrible gauge for Daniel Jones. And I don't know whether or not he remains with the Giants. There's a lot of speculation that his time with the Giants is are, is done. That they would rather part ways and, and take the cap hit uh, than pay him for another season to sit out. So that remains to be seen. But maybe he returns some point before the, you know, the middle of next season. We'll just have to see how the rehab goes. Uh, and while we're talking about criticism... Daniel Jones certainly received a lot of it even before he got hurt. Geno Smith is now under fire. Former Jets quarterback himself, especially after this past weekend for the Seahawks against the Ravens. We struggled across the board on offense, you know, and so that uh, everybody had had some difficulties in this game, and, and it just added up to where the quarterback is is in the middle of that as well. And so uh, we have to do a lot better. We got to protect better. We got to, you know, we had some communication things that we can clean up, you know, and, and all of that. Um, but I think that Geno's, you know, consistent uh, accountability, um, I think, is really a strength of his, and, and it helps the guys around him. Um, but we got to help him. We got to make sure we're doing our part. One for 12 on third down, the Seahawks against the Ravens. Barely 150 total yards and four sacks of Geno. So, yeah, plenty of blame to go around, but give the Ravens all the credit in the world. Another impressive offensive performance, C.J. Stroud with that game-winning touchdown to fellow rookie Tank Dell to stun the Buccaneers. We just want our regular play calls, you know, slow slow down up the play call. Offensive line executed up front. Front five did their job. And, you know, CJ do what CJ does, man. He threw a great ball, delivered a great ball, and, you know, we executed the play. Tank on Sirius XM NFL Radio. Uh, yeah, and if it weren't for CJ Stroud, you could see some of these other receivers that might end up as at least a candidate for Monday MVP or a candidate for AFC Offensive Player of the Week. But what I see with him already, CJ, is that he's raising the level of play of everybody else around him. Uh, he He's locked in. He's smart for sure. He's confident already. The stage doesn't seem too big for him. And he and the Texans are growing up together. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 